0: Hello, and welcome to Not A Couple, a Will & Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And we are back again this week with uh, another episode of Will & Grace. This time it is Saving Grace Again, Part 2. <gasps> uh, this is the ninth episode of the season, for those of you who are paying attention.
1: So it's Season 7, Episode 9.
0: Yes, that is correct, Tess. Thank you.
1: Yep, we are just back from our brief foray back to the Midwest for Thanksgiving. Um, so, God help us.
0: Yeah, we are... We are back. Let's leave it at that. We are back. Um, let's go into the episode description and talk about this episode, Tess. Sounds good. All right. So, Saving Grace, again, part two. Will, Grace, Jack, and Karen go on a road trip for Grace's getaway weekend, but Jack and Karen hate the car ride and bail on the plan. Is that the entire episode description? <laughs> that is. What
1: the fuck? That's like the first five minutes That's of the like episode. That's like the first
0: <laughs> five minutes of the episode. You are totally correct, yes.
1: Okay. So... We talk about this show a lot on this show, but the first five minutes of this episode are literally that song from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend trapped in a car with
0: someone you don't want to be trapped in a car with. It's so great. Um, I love it so much. I also love that it clearly is, like, sort of written so that it can be, like, the end of the prior episode if that's how they wanted to break it. Yep. Like, it's, it's very clearly, like, an end-of-show joke. That they just, like, held over to the next episode.
1: It's so weird, but I love it so much. So, basically, we're in the car, and to our knowledge, we're stuck in traffic. Mm -hmm. And Will is setting down some ground rules for the weekend about, like, let's not talk about Leo, Mm -hmm. let's not talk
0: about ointment. And, like, literally, like, Jack and Carrot are, like, borderline in their own little world the whole time. Yes. Like, they, like, are hearing what Will is saying, and they're just free associating, basically.
1: Yes. Um, it's also really funny because this episode has like this brilliant mid two thousands clash of like competing technologies. Mm-hmm. So this is an episode that heavily features a physical answering machine. Yes. But it is also an episode where Jack is like, Aha, I got a text message like on my vibrator. On my vibrator. And I'm like, What?
0: <laughs> but he just means a cell phone. He just
1: means a cell phone, but that's like I think when cell phone vibrating was like new.
0: Well and I think that in this particular time frame him having a cell phone is supposed to indicate that he's a high powered executive.
1: And him getting a text message I think also indicates uh-huh. he's a high powered executive. I also just remembered that when I was in the 7th grade I had a friend who was the first friend of mine who had a cell phone and it had like one of those flashing banners across it and we're like 7th graders. Like, yeah. In 7th grade, so we're 13. And her phone literally said text me my phone vibrates and I was like Jennifer, that's extremely sexual. <laughs> and then she had a baby at 16 and mm. no one was surprised. Well, there you go. But anyways. Um, that was a sad story. Uh, so then we reach the point where the diabolical plot is revealed.
0: Mm-hmm. And like Jack and Karen, like literally my notes say, Jack and Karen are just having their own party this week. And then five seconds later, my notes say, oh, they're literally leaving the car.
1: Yep. So we find out that uh, Will and Grace have been like plotting this because they don't want them to come. So they parked the car and turned the air conditioning <laughs> up.
0: So they would get cold and bored. And then they just waited. And just waited until he left. Like, that's amazing.
1: My first thought, because I'm a very damaged person, was that, ooh, we should do that. That would be great. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, you need to have friends to do that. Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like any friends that we would make now, we wouldn't be like, ah, these friends are great. You know what we should do? Drive them them out of our car so they never come with us anywhere. (laughs)
1: But um, so yeah, that's the
0: first five minutes.
1: That's the first five minutes of the episode. It's just so weird, and that's the whole episode description.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna come back to the Jack and Karen actual plot this week, which does involve Victor Garber, which is exciting.
1: Yeah, we like him.
0: Um, we're gonna talk about the Will and Grace plot first because yes. that's where we left off last week.
1: Yes, and also because friendship is magic. Friendship is magic. Is that My Little Pony?
0: Yes. Yes, it is.
1: Okay. Cool. Um, Will and Grace.
0: So where we left off last week, um. As we mentioned, there's an answering machine in this episode because Grace has completely self-sabotaged and given up a moderately promising first date.
1: She had a first date. It went well. She then imploded.
0: But by giving up this date, she's instead chosen to fall back in love with the sound of Leo's crackly broken up voice on her answering machine. Maybe, but probably not telling her that he loves her and is going to meet her on the top of... Not even the Empire State Building. The
1: Peninsula Hotel. Yeah.
0: Which, frankly, just sounds like it's in New Jersey. It probably
1: isn't a real thing.
0: Yeah, but if it was, it would definitely be in New Jersey.
1: Everything is legal in New Jersey.
0: So we come back on that, where Will has decided that Grace has to be taken away from the situation where she wants to go to the top of the Peninsula Hotel to see if Leo shows up. So he's taken her out to, um, where is it again? Do you remember?
1: I want to say it's the Poconos, but I know that's wrong.
0: I don't think that's right. But it is some, like, tiny mountain resort upstate or cross-state or downstate or... It's in... Not east state.
1: A different part of the state.
0: It's in it's one is of...
1: possibly in another state.
0: It's in one of the directions, but probably not east. Actually, objectively, now that I'm saying that out loud, it probably is 100% east.
1: Is it the Berkshires? Is that a thing?
0: I don't know. We don't know any of the geography around here, guys. We don't like...
1: know the east coast at all. I literally just learned the Poconos were a real thing, like, last week. Like...
0: <laughs> Did I you think they were just like fake for TV? I,
1: like, kinda? Like,
0: That's super embarrassed. I'd only ever
1: heard about them, like, mentioned briefly, like, in the office and whatever. And I just, it never registered that it was a real place. And then one of my students was like, Scranton's
0: a real place too, Tess.
1: I'm from the Polkadotes. No, that actually happened to me the other day. <laughs> I was talking to someone and they were like, oh, yeah, I'm from Scranton. I'm like, you're from Scranton?
0: Like, and they were super embarrassed because the office hasn't been on TV for like five years. They were like,
1: Jesus Christ, Tess, you were like 45 years old. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Okay,
0: not the point. Here's the point. The point is that they go on vacation to, we'll just say, the Poconos. They, they go somewhere. And they do nothing. Ah. It's like the John Mulaney bit where he's like, oh, I did nothing. I did nothing all day. And it looks so relaxing. I'm so jealous of this.
1: They're just, like, laying in bed in jammies.
0: And they're, like, looking at the TV and they're like, oh, the nature looks so nice. It's making me hungry. Let's get room service.
1: Yeah, it sounds fucking
0: great. I think we haven't had a nothing vacation ever. Ever?
1: Matthew and I are really bad at taking nothing vacations.
0: What was the one we even, like, when we went to Toronto and we were like, we're just going to go to Toronto and experience the city. And then we did, like, 8,000 things and got lost, like, twice. Mm It almost missed our flight home.
1: Yeah, one of those getting lost was on the way back to the airport, which was bad. Oh, that was
0: brutal. That was was not our worst fight of all time, but it might have been our worst fight up to that point. Or pretty close. At least top three. Possibly. But you don't really remember it because of the whole, like, dissociating thing. Yeah, I was actively
1: dissociating that entire time. So, like, you tell me that... So, I guess it
0: wasn't your worst fight. You tell me (laughs) it was was a really bad
1: fight, fight and I'm like, I believe you completely because I don't remember it. I know I was physically present. I do vaguely remember once we got to the airport that, like, this old professor of mine from college was on the same two flights with us. And I was like... Oh, I hated that professor. I don't (laughs) want to talk to her.
0: Was that Dr. Professor Caveman? No.
1: Dr. Professor Caveman was my HIV AIDS
0: literature professor. Mm.
1: This was the professor who taught a class that sounded really cool. Was it the
0: Nathaniel Hawthorne class? Yes. It was the class
1: where she's like, we're only going to read works that aren't considered part of the American literary canon. And I was like, hell yeah. And then she was like, and by that I mean all of the bad Hawthorne (laughs) novels. And I was like, no. (laughs) No.
0: Oh, memories. Will you
1: help me forget my memories?
0: (laughs) Unlike us, this episode of Will and Grace really gets to the point really fast.
1: Oh my god. So like, while they're lounging around considering ordering room service, there is a plot device about some purse paninis.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Will has made some paninis and put them in Grace's bag because reasons. Um, But but unbeknownst to him, in between the paninis and the purse and the perusal of the Poconos... (laughs) Which isn't actually the Poconos. Maybe not the Poconos. Um, Grace has put in the answering machine. The entire fucking answering machine. Because that's what you had to do in the early 2000s, is just put your answering machine in your bag so you could listen to the dulcet tones of Leo going, Grace, Christ, love, Poconos, whatever it is. (laughs) Everyone's just saying Poconos today, but no one may be going to the Poconos. There
1: are no Poconos. The Poconos <laughs> is a lie. It's a government conspiracy. <laughs> um, yeah. So they immediately, like, get down to business. And they're just like, uh-uh. Like, Grace, why would you bring this with? And she's like, I just wanted to listen to it, like, another 50 times. That's... <laughs> then I can figure out what he was saying. And then, like, Will's just like, no. Because if if you did go up to the roof of that building and Leo was there, what would it change? And mm-hmm. Grace is like, Nothing. And so then they throw the answering machine out the window.
0: Which is a completely unnecessary way to resolve that problem.
1: And then we also learn that Vince calls Le- that Vince calls Will Fluffernutter, and I have-
0: That is so gross. So many questions. That is so gross. I may want to die. It's
1: definitely sexual.
0: It Yes, but still gross.
1: Okay, so I can't figure out if it's like a porn star joke, like a fluffer, like someone who keep you hard in between takes, and then nut, like- when you nut Mm -hmm. or if it's like a fart joke or if it's like there's some sort of sexual thing about like marshmallow fluff and peanut butter i think
0: here's what it is i think that he's saying will's sweet and he has testicles
1: do you remember the time that we went to that bar and we wanted to buy a shot of rum chata for the gay bartender and he he was
0: allergic to nuts and he
1: looked at us and just dead man was just like i'm allergic to nuts and we were like
0: Oh, no. See, <laughs> so this is the terrible thing about knowing each other so long, is that I thought you were telling a totally different not related story about the time that we saw three out of four balls. Oh, no. Well, oh. three out of six, I guess. But the other guy wasn't really, like, up to showing his balls. Like, he was like, no, I'm sorry, I'm just going to get really drunk and then stumble off home and ruin Matthew's chance to have sex with him.
1: But first, he and I shared a corn dog.
0: <laughs> That's true. What are not as a metaphor. I know metaphor. two of
1: them got married, and didn't one of them get, like, a tooth pulled in, like...
0: One of them looks like he got a tooth pulled because he gained a little face weight and then married a guy who was like a carbon copy of his ex-boyfriend who married the other guy. So like, that whole thing is something to unpack.
1: That was true love.
0: Yeah, it was true love. It was true love
1: because they didn't have sex right away. They played
0: just the tip. But they didn't play just the tip. (laughs) And then they banged, thus the conversation about the the balls. What's the point of playing just the tip? Like, you have fingers for that.
1: I just mean, okay, especially like, okay, I don't mean to get off track here, but like, if, (laughs) You're a a cis gay man.
0: Like, just the tip is like the least satisfying part of putting like a A, penis in someone's butt. Right, like you already put something in the butt.
1: Also, like, let's be real. Like, anal is not like a. It's not like a vagina where you could just like. It's not like a grab and go situation.
0: Are we misunderstanding it? Is it like just the tip being like? I'm just gonna run my penis on your asshole, like ribbing, but but with my dick.
1: If you're gonna like. This
0: episode is like super rated X now. I guess. (laughs)
1: Ooh, X rated. (laughs) said fuck in the first 40 seconds of this episode. Who cares? I mean, I guess, but... But I just mean, like, anal takes prep work and lube and potentially condoms. Like, why would you... This is what I'm saying. Why would you bother with just the tip? Just finger each other. Yeah. Or just fucking have sex. Right? I'm so confused. At that point, put your dick in their asshole and live your life.
0: Like, what's the point of being prudish? You're already gay. An essay by Matthew Redden.
1: I would read that essay. (laughs) I would read that essay. I had to have a conversation with one of my straight students recently because bless their heart she wants to do like a sex talk series for Mm -hmm. college students that's like education based but like her first like four suggestions for topics were all like how do gay people have sex and i was like honey i need to just make sure that you're not genuinely curious about how gay people have sex because there's the entire internet for that like if you're like specifically trying to approach this from like we should have more inclusive LGBTQ sex education conversations.
0: Karen, you can't just ask I'm, people how they have gay sex. But
1: like literally, it was sort of just like Karen, you can't just ask people how they have gay sex. Like she was straight up like, I don't understand how lesbians have sex, and I'm like,
0: then Google you, it. I'm like, do you need know.
1: me to get some Barbies and like? Is
0: this something you want to work out for you? Because that might like, not is be this a segment. Like a
1: personal thing, because like you don't have to do that through work. <laughs> You could just go on the Google and type in lesbian quotes, like, lesbian plus sign sex, and someone will give you an entire tutorial on scissoring. I just...
0: So, this episode is a great opportunity for Will and Grace to be friends. Yes. Getting back to the point of the show, which is not to just... Which talk about sex.
1: Not, not full on anal.
0: Not to talk about full on anal.
1: Uh, yeah, so they're friends and it's beautiful. It's really
0: cute though because like Will and Grace have like a really cute, meaningful conversation where like Will is supportive and Grace is like, no, you're totally right. Thank you, Will. Yeah. And that's not the end of the episode, of course. Of course not. Because we have to introduce more complications.
1: Because then we introduce this wrinkle where Grace is like, thank you for always being so rational and logical and emotionless, Will. And Will's <laughs> like, I'm not emotionless. Oh no, am I
0: emotionless? Like oh, it was Oh my god. It was such a weird left turn that I kind of like like started a galaxy brain a little bit and I was like, is Grace doing this on purpose to get Will to freak out? I so literally... she'll drive. So he'll drive her.
1: That was cuz like, okay, I'm going to be real with you. I have a thing, a mental health thing that makes me like more prone to being slightly manipulative. And, like, I try and be very, like, aware of that. But as I'm watching Grace do this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've done that move. Where you, like, <laughs> plant the seeds of doubt so that they do the thing that you want to do, but they think
0: it's their idea. Wow. Horrifying. And, and I was just like, god damn, I need a therapist. Like, <laughs> But, like, that was my first thought, too. I was like, oh, Will, don't fall for this. That's don't because you live this. with someone with a yeah. personality disorder. Like, I'm
1: sorry. It's
0: I've fine. broken you. <laughs> the plot line is actually objectively much simpler than that. It's yeah. just that Will completely doubts himself that is like... No, I have a feeling I'm a romantic, and to his credit, he super is.
1: He is. He's definitely a romantic. He's just, I think that the show sort of is, like, a little bit, like, doing, like, all or nothing with Will and his emotions. Like, he's either hysterical. Right. Or he is like, nope, nope, I am a lawyer and I am a robot. It's the odd couple problem.
0: It's like, you say tomato and I say tomato. Like, they have to be opposites. Mm -hmm. Like, polar opposites. Not just, like, a little different. For, like, the, quote-unquote, for the comedy to work.
1: Right, but sometimes Will is both Oscar and Felix. Yes, and oh, for sure. And that's the problem. It's <laughs> not the
0: same spectrum at all yeah. as uh, the actual odd couple. And Will and Grace is actually better than most shows about sometimes putting Will and Grace on different points of a spectrum mm-hmm. and putting Jack and Karen on the other end. Yes. But it's still the same idea that, like, sometimes the show goes for easy humor by saying, Grace is one thing and Will's the other. And this week, Will is super rational and Grace is super emotional. Which, again... It's not an accurate description of of Will, as proven by the fact that Will pretends to go get, what is it again? He says that he's going, I don't, It's for like a sandwich or something stupid like that. He
1: says that he's going to go to like a, he asks Grace if she wants to like go learn how to tap maple trees and then there's something else and then he disappears for 12 hours and it might be a sandwich.
0: Yeah. He goes to quote, get something. But instead he takes a bus all the way back to New York.
1: From the Poconos, question mark? (laughs) Where
0: he goes to the top of the fucking Peninsula Hotel to wait for Leo. Mm -hmm. So that he can tell Grace that Leo did or didn't come. Yep. Which is like... Very sweet and, like, platonic romantic and very beautiful. They have, like, a lovely, like, end of the rom-com moment at the end when Grace shows up. Yep. Having also taken a taxi and abandoning their car in maybe the Poconos. Because
1: they played, like, Gift of the Magi where they both left each other <laughs> in a car. Like... Except
0: in true well and Grace fashion, he took a bus and she took a cab that she wants him to pay for.
1: Which is, like, 600-odd dollars. Which actually
0: is exactly the same as the Gift of the Magi where the man gives up something genuinely valuable. And, well, it's the opposite. It's, in The Gift of the Magi, the man gives up something genuinely valuable, and the woman gives up her hair, a renewable resource.
1: I also, like, I don't really understand The Gift of the Magi that well, because I don't really know, like, for the time period, like how short her hair is, but, like, isn't it just a clip? Like,
0: I mean, I think the idea is that it's a huge scandal that she would cut her hair so short in defiance of the fashion and gender norms. But again, hair's a renewable resource. He
1: also buys her a hair clip. Like, my hair is two
0: inches long right now and I could put a clip in my fucking hair. I don't think it's a... It's it's a comb, isn't it?
1: You could put a comb in your hair.
0: I don't know what it is. Even if it's short? It's stupid.
1: It's like a hair doodad. I, I have
0: always chosen The Gift of the Magi to be a story about a Reacher and a Settler. (laughs) And, like, the Reacher is like, oh my god, I have to sell all of my earthly possessions so that my wife will be happy. And the Settler's like, well, I have this hair, and I'm a little broke, so I guess I'll just get a haircut. Like, the gifts are not equal, and it's crazy to me that it's always put up as, like, Oh, they both sacrifice what they love.
1: I think that's because we're short-haired people. Like, we don't really understand the attachment that people with long hair have.
0: I understand, but you can't grow an heirloom family watch out of your fucking appendix. It doesn't work (laughs) like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But what if you could, though? That'd be super cool. Oh, my God.
0: That would be, like, the most useful thing (laughs) the appendix has done ever. Maybe that's the problem. Like, every time someone gets appendicitized, it's like, no, if you wait it out, they'll grow an heirloom watch. Right out of this, I mean, you have to still cut it out. But, like, that's what they're doing. They're just growing a watch. So, what you're saying is there's a
1: government conspiracy to perform early appendectomies so no one gets the watches. It's to
0: reduce the amount of heirloom pocket watches on the market to drive up demand. <laughs> so, what you're saying is appendixes are like blood diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is what I'm saying. Okay, here's the Great thing. Great read test. <laughs> good analysis.
1: This this is a complete sidebar, but I'm currently in the middle of writing a fanfic where everything in the universe goes to shit over an appendectomy. So, like, I have a lot of feelings about the appendix lately. Mm -hmm. Like, the entirety of the appendix as an existing, like, former necessary piece of equipment in our body that it's now just, like, causing problems is cracking me up.
0: Yeah. I think that's all we have to say about this plotline. I mean, we never find out if Leo shows up, which I guess, like, I sort of care about, but I also... Don't I
1: mean I also I do think it's sweet that Grace goes to the roof not to find out if Leo's there but
0: to get that is Will. Nice. Like, I it, like it's it's that. good that the I thought the plot line was gonna build to Will freaks out and takes Grace to find out if Leo's there or not. And then they find out together. I liked that it kind of stuck with Grace realizing nothing will change. I don't want to stay for this. And we mm-hmm. don't find out. Yeah. Now I'm sure that at some point Leo will come back and we will find out an answer to this question, but I don't care.
1: But it's sort of like, I don't know, it's almost like the opposite of Schrodinger's box. Like, it does not matter what the answer is. It's like the
0: end of Inception, where he walks away from the top, so he doesn't know if he's dreaming or awake, because he doesn't care anymore.
1: Yeah, it's literally like that. He doesn't care.
0: Also, it's weird that that's a movie that people don't understand the ending of. Yeah. What critical thinking, Boston, are youth. It's and just middle the person accepts
1: and his happiness. Yeah, it's it clearly
0: laid out in the film. I mean, Christopher Nolan's a great filmmaker, but I mean, it's not like he built a Rubik's Cube, like... Hello? Really? Anyways.
1: do you ever see Shutter Island?
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that fucking movie. It's it bonkers. It's bonkers as hell. Um, let's talk about Jack and Karen.
1: Okay, Victor Garber this week is, um, let's take a step back. So, if you may recall, back when we were trapped in the car with someone we didn't want to be trapped in a car with, um, Jack gets a text massage, and the text <laughs> message says um, that he needs to come up with a promo spot for OutTV. And then there's a joke about being a promo promo. Ha ha ha. Anyways, then we're introduced to Victor Garber.
0: Because that's the actual plot of the episode.
1: Yes, and um, we're kind of introduced in this very convoluted way where Karen is like, I have to use the bathroom, so I'm going to...
0: Check into a hotel. Check
1: into a hotel and rent an entire suite so that I can poop.
0: I mean, I get that. I,
1: I've i never once been like that preoccupied about where I'm going to take a crap.
0: I mean, me either, but like, if you've got to like use the bathroom and you walk past the hotel, you're like, wow, I wish I had a bajillion dollars so I could just go in this hotel.
1: Or you could just go in the hotel and use the public
0: restroom. Admittedly, yes, in an average hotel, those are very nice. Those are usually in the lobby. Yeah.
1: Okay. Not the point. Anyways, while we're there, they run into Victor Garber, who apparently, within the universe of Will and Grace, was a famous commercial actor from the '70s, and he starred in something called The Coco Double. Which Matthew and I, having not been alive in the 70s, both had to check if that was a real thing.
0: It does seem like it should be a real thing. It but it is not, apparently. It super
1: does, but it is not. Because when you Google Coco Devil, all that comes up are a bunch of really weird conspiracy theories about that Disney movie, Coco.
0: Oh, weird.
1: So that's weird. I
0: do think we should also establish that, for some reason, Victor Garber wasn't playing himself on this show. I Which, like, Will and Grace does a lot where, like... Sometimes the celebrities play themselves, and sometimes the celebrities play a character who is exactly themselves, but has a completely different name for no reason.
1: And sometimes you see this thing where, like, that time where Madonna is clearly, like, a cultural touchstone on the show. Yes. But then she played not Madonna in an episode. That was weird. That was weird because there are also times when, like, Cher has been Cher. Mm -hmm. And it's very confusing for us.
0: Yeah. So that's a choice that the show made, and whatever.
1: There is another thing... That I remember. It's kind of like that time when Glee made a joke about John Stamos, as in John Stamos, the actor. and then, But then like, John
0: Stamos was on the show like six episodes later. It yes, felt like.
1: and was playing not John Stamos, and it was very confusing.
0: Fun segue. I've always, and by always, I mean in the last couple of years, wanted to do a fan edit of Glee that completely excises all the known child molesters. Well, not child molesters, but child-pored viewers from the show. And I think it's achievable. So, listeners, if you want to sponsor that... Let me know and I'll start a Kickstarter.
1: Are there... I don't really follow the Glee cast anymore. Is there more than one? It does seem like there probably should be, doesn't it? It's Yes. Mm-hmm. I know that too- It would
0: probably be easier to just re-film the scenes with, like, a different actor and then, like, splice them in. But then you would have to, like, rent a high school and, like, that just seems unnecessary.
1: <laughs> okay. So oh, anyways, uh the- let's just do
0: a shot for shot remake of Glee. There, problem solved. What were you gonna say? <laughs> could, we, <laughs> could we make it like better? Oh, by shot for shot remake, I mean not shot for shot in any way. We just
1: take the entire premise of Glee and then fix it so that Ryan Murphy can't touch it.
0: Yes. I mean he would touch it because he would sue us to death.
1: Not if we called it Gla. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're right, Tess. If we call the GLA, they never figure it out. They'll never find us. Let's get back to Victor Garber. That's the focus of our episode. Victor Garber.
1: Victor Garber, Victor Garber, Victor Garber.
0: <laughs> this sounds like a chat now.
1: Mariska Hargitay, Mariska Hargitay.
0: The spotlight is not nearly as fleshed out as Will and Grace's this week. No. Um, I mean, it... We don't even really get to see him do the commercial. He's just supposed to say his catchphrase. From
1: the Coco Devil commercial. But while
0: apparently not being in costume, because they literally give him, like, a trident and, like, a pair of, like, Halloween devil horns. So, like...
1: Maybe that was his costume in the 70s.
0: But he's also wearing a suit.
1: Here's the thing. I think of this would have worked a lot better if... So we're supposed to assume this is, like, a cultural campy icon from the 70s. But they should have just made a fake Coco Devil commercial for us mm-hmm. so that we could have understood
0: right but they instead never did they didn't that.
1: they never did that and so then we have this beautiful moment where um rip taylor who is an actual camp 70s icon don't worry i had to google it yeah I... um is like fired in favor of the cocoa devil guy and then we like learn victor garber's tragic backstory about how like he became so obsessed with his own fame that he like bought a Honda Civic and started doing heroin or whatever. As like, we
0: know, the fate of everyone who's a commercial star is that they will become hooked on heroin, as Victor Garber says so beautifully in this he, episode.
1: So, the other thing that's really funny about this character is that he's supposed to be like a very high caliber actor, which is also true of Victor Garber. Mm-hmm. Um like I also the first recognizable role of his that i remember is him in titanic as like that guy who like designed the ship and then like jack and rose are like running past him as the ship is sinking he's like i thought i built you a good ship rose and then he hands her a life jacket and tells her to run and then he just like sadly turns the clock as the ship sinks, and it's very beautiful. I
0: Admittedly, mean, like, can you imagine being the guy who built the Titanic on the Titanic? Like, like, you what? have to die with that ship. Yeah, like... You, you cannot know, opt You can't survive... To survive. ...in any way.
1: Especially when you had a very poignant and telling and, like, foreshadowing scene earlier when you're like, ah, we didn't put enough lifeboats on
0: this boat. Why would we do that? It'll never sink. Boats would never do that. It's just, like... Oh, the Titanic. The
1: Titanic. But, yeah. so, um, so Victor Garber runs away from the commercial spot, and Karen goes to talk sense
0: into him, which she, doesn't make any sense, but okay. But that's
1: when we learn Karen's tragic. bewildering. Back story. The bewildering is good. Karen, apparently, in her youth,
0: was, so you know when she was in her early two hundreds,
1: <laughs> was in a bunch of commercials in Japan for a nicotine based energy drink
0: so beautiful. It's called uh, Atushi Kotki, which does not seem to mean anything. Uh, but whatever. I mean, I I hesitate to find out what that transliterates to in Japanese because it's, it's probably almost certainly offensive.
1: It's almost certainly racist, so we're just going to like... We're just
0: going to move on.
1: We're just going to assume bad intentions and move on.
0: Um, but it's just this great like monologue she has where she's like, I was the face of a Tushiki code key, and you know, I gave it all up and I regret it every minute of it. Because the most important thing to be in life, more than even to be rich, is to be famous. And like it is A a nightmare. Yes. And B, she's totally right. She's completely she's right. She's hundred percent correct. Why do
1: we have this podcast? It's yeah. in the vain hope that somehow we will become internet famous. Uh-huh. Yep. Like
0: Will and Grace ahead of the zeitgeist. Yep, they got it. She
1: basically just like
0: she invented being a meme. Basically, she
1: invented being an influencer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This show is Karen should
0: be a social media influencer. It's actually, kind why has plot that plotline not happened not? yet? Like,
1: why are they wasting time on this stupid plotline where she has a baseball team? Like, just make her have like a Goop style lifestyle brand, but and it's like entirely like, alcohol based. she totally
0: straight these face, and be like, "I'm twenty nine, and I'm an." influencer like just like have her just like totally work with it but like everyone thinks it's campy yes and, like, like
1: the Coco devil
0: like the Coco devil see it all comes full circle listeners
1: okay what was the other thing we were talking about about victor garber that we wanted to mention but he's like a very high caliber actor is like the main
0: thing it was god's bubble we don't have time for that you're right you're right yeah.
1: you're right um but yes yeah, so that's kind of um then we end the episode with um Jack and Karen like having already filmed the spot, and it went well, and everything's mm-hmm. great, and everyone's very excited for Out TV. And then a bunch of Japanese tourists like see Karen want to take pictures with her, and
0: and just... before Jack is like, Karen, why are Japanese tourists always fascinated by you? And she's like, I don't know. We'll never know. And then
1: they like flash to like her commercial spot, which is again confusing to me because if they could make her fake Japanese commercial, why couldn't they make a fake Coco Devil commercial?
0: The things Will and Grace does for love it's sinfully
1: delicious
0: <laughs> that's the
1: cocoa devils like amazing tagline
0: amazing, weird, but amazing. see, I thought they were gonna make him a cocoa angel, but again, that would have required us seeing the spot, so whatever
1: I mean, I guess it's sinfully delicious does kind of work for a gay
0: TV network though mhm-. Oh, it's a good, it's a promo promo.
1: It is very promo. <laughs> it's extremely promo.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you so much for indulging our many side conversations this week. Tess, uh, do you want to tell people where they can find us if they want to make us internet famous?
1: Yes, because the most important thing in the world is fame. Yes, so you can as we all know. Find, so you can find us on Twitter. We are at not a couple show. In addition to posting new episodes of this podcast on Twitter, we also live tweet all of the episodes of The Revival. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and on Tumblr. Um, you can send us an email. We are at podcasts at gmail.com if you like long-form communications. And um, we know you're listening to this episode, but if you want to recommend it to some friends to help boost our internet fame, you could tell them to find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.
0: All right. Thanks so much for listening this week, everybody. We'll be back next week with the first part of another Will & Grace two-parter.
1: Two-parters! Can you
0: believe how lucky we are? Can you believe? Can you believe? Believe. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this is Ben, Not a Couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of One Cat. Hi Eliza, you sound very musical. This episode was sponsored by Gla, the TV show that's not glee with its hit song, Stop Believing. Please stop believing.